1: Headline edition July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. If the game is rigged, change the game. Game changer. I
2: occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world.
1: This is Fade to Black with your host, Jimmy Church, on the Game Changer
2: Radio Network. All right, good evening, Fade to Black. How you doing? How you doing? Today is Thursday. It is. It's Thursday. It happens to be Thursday, February 8th, 2024. I'm your host, Jimmy Church. Very excited about the show tonight. That's right, Dr. Bruce is with us, Dr. Bruce Solheim. And we are going to be talking tonight about, well, a lot of things, but uh, centered around ET human integration and his future book project and what he is working on now. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I want you to help uh, support what we do around here by getting your fade to black T-shirts. We have two shirts. Two ways to get them. The links are below. And uh, you can also scan this QR code. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That's an inside joke between Bruce and myself. And uh, maybe we will talk about that. Or, you know um, uh, Now, if you get a Game Changer membership and the links are below, you will get, in addition to an autographed T-shirt, you will get, and, and shipping is included, you will get fade to black blend coffee. That's right until supply uh, 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 while supplies last. right now I just got another shipment in so we're pretty good and I I, I just I just dig giving stuff away. So get your game changer membership and uh, the links are below and uh, so after the show tonight after uh, the good doctor Dr. Bruce Olheim, I am heading out to the Conscious Life Expo. Same thing that I do every year. I do fade to black on Thursday. Thursday night, head out. Uh I get down to the LAX Hilton. Uh upstairs, set up my booth, get ready, get, you know, and then say hello to a few people and then start the show tomorrow. The Conscious Life Expo kicks off tomorrow. I am once again this year, this is 10 years in a row, uh, the MC and the host for the event. So come and hang out with us. It's going to be amazing. Starts tomorrow. Tickets and info. If you haven't gotten them already, the links are below Conscious Life Expo. Uh, my luncheon, the Disclosure Lunch, is sold out. So that sold out uh, uh, about a week ago. But uh, everything else, tickets, extra events, the post-con, everything is right below at Conscious Life Expo. I'll see you this weekend. It is going to be amazing. I can't wait. I'm going to be posting all weekend. I'll be hanging out with you all live stream, just like I do every year. So, It's not like I'm disappearing, and I will be back on Monday for Fade to Black. Even though I'm going to be down there Monday for post-con, I'm going to dash back, and I'll be here for Fade to Black on Monday night, all right? But tonight, Dr. Bruce Solheim, and he is a tenured history professor at Citrus College. He's a former Fulbright professor, scholar, U.S. Army aviator, defense contractor, and he has written a lot of books. He has chronicled his paranormal and extraterrestrial experiences in his timeless series trilogy, Timeless, Timeless Deja Vu, Timeless Trinity, and Anzar the Progenator. And I said that right. And when you have a professor on the show, speech is important. His links are below, and they're over on our website, and they are throughout social media. I'm going to welcome to Fade to Black, the one and only Dr. Bruce Solheim. Bruce. Um, hey, thank uh, you. Yeah, good evening, good evening. <laughs> and, and I'm going to start with this, and I know that uh, you're probably expecting that. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say anything. I, <laughs> I, I just won't do that. But what happened before the show tonight on the synchronicity level, mm-hmm. that was a ten. That was a ten. That was I, that was an official. I, that was an official ten. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, that was a ten. Yes, you know for sure. Yeah, you have what? Um, you know, thirty million people in LA County. Right. <laughs> and, and to have that happen. So I did, man. I made the phone calls. I was like, dude, you're not going to believe it just happened. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I called a mutual, another mutual friend. And he was like, you, what? And I said, yeah, yeah. Like, it just happened so that was <laughs> that was bizarre that was bizarre <laughs> um so anyway uh how you doing and, and you know you know what's doing weird? Okay. That we're we're neighbors and uh uh I, we haven't we haven't had a chance to break bread and and we live this close to each other and there's uh, there's no excuse for that um i'm out here in palmdale now in, mm-hmm. in in the land of uh technology where all the weirdness is going down and and you're right over the hill from me right so yeah. You know, yeah. if if I literally just drove over the hill, I'd I'd just drive uh drive right into where you are. Um and yeah. does it ever surprise Anytime Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> does does it uh does it ever surprise you uh living uh where we do about the reports and the contact and backwards engineering and sightings and alien bodies buried in the desert right does this does it, is it just normal for for you and i now
3: well i i think there's uh there's a reason why i ended up here you know i'm from originally from seattle so i mean there's weirdness there as well and strangeness but i think there's a reason for everything and uh, there's a reason i ended up here the reason we ended up being as close as we are and have this mutual friend. (laughs) So, you know, all these synchronicities coming together, but, uh, and it's all coming to a head, as you know, in the last few years, especially it's, it's culminating into something that is going to be quite extraordinary. It's already pretty extraordinary. So I, it's it's to the point where I'm just not surprised. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm never surprised, but it just okay. This makes sense.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I say this so often. I feel yeah. bad for people mm-hmm. that don't take the time to appreciate the universe and a synchronicity and a good deja yeah. vu. There are yeah. you know most of the world doesn't give a crap. <clears throat> And and when you stop and you actually understand the significance of something, like yeah. what you and I just went through about twenty minutes ago, that like I said on the level that 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 was a bonafide ten. That was like crazy town. I mean that, that now the odds of that, right? The odds. Play the lottery. That, that, that you'll you'll hit the lottery before something like, uh, what just happened to us happens. And there's a reason for that. The universe is a trippy thing. Everything is connected, isn't it? Yeah, well,
3: exactly. And, uh, I, I see this, you know, when I take my spirit walks and, uh, check in with, uh, Ansar and the others, the, my spirit guides, and so forth. You know, I, I I get glimpses of this all the time, and and I'm not going to say that I you know I become like oh you know it's blasé or whatever because I I'm just mar- I, I'm I marvel at it all the time and appreciate it, and I want more. I want to learn more, and uh, there there's there's no end to it. You know, we're just we 're just opening it up we 're right at the that very beginning of this I why, think. why do so. you
2: why do you think that is? Do you think that it is something as simple as it 's always been there, but you have to open your mind and your heart to it, and then once you do that then that 's it it 's just tumbling all around you all the time uh, because yeah. there are so many that don't have a clue what we're talking about because they don't experience it. You know what I mean? Is there, is there something yeah. that we do that opens the door?
3: Well, I, I think it's it's what I've been told, you know, that it it's a uh, a leap of consciousness. If you're willing to take that leap of consciousness, not a leap of faith, but a leap of consciousness, you know, and when you have an experience and then you open yourself up uh, and you believe what just happened happened, then it opens you up for another experience, which then broadens your perspective and your belief. And it just it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And uh, to, to tie it into a larger thing, which is what I've been told is what we're entering is this era of reconversion. What I call an era of reconversion is where we take what ancient people knew, and we're combining it with our modern technology and the breakneck pace that we have and combining that to really understand this, you know, as we head towards what they call the the singularity, you know, that that we're heading towards. And uh, we, I mean, we have to, you know, brace for impact, you know, because, I, I mean, look at how fast technology is moving and we need those ancient folks and how they understood their connection to the earth, to the cosmos, to uh, the star people, right? Right. They understood and to animals and so forth, they understood those connections, and we're you know we've forgotten a lot of that, so in some ways, we look to the past and then we're looking to the future, and we're just hurtling towards this singularity and hanging on for dear life, you know so it's kind of a it's kind of a strange combination of things that we're going through and and yeah, I think it's it's very important to keep an open mind and 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 to uh and to explore it and and not be afraid of it because it's very easy to fall off in one extreme direction or another, you know, to like go completely cuckoo you or, or to just, you know, get so isolated and just none of it's true. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to deal with what's right in front of my face or whatever, you know? And so, uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing for people. I, I, I sympathize with people who are not able to handle that, but, um, you know, we're gonna to have to help him. We're gonna to have to help him.
2: I had on uh I'm just gonna say it, Mick West. Okay. And mm-hmm. I've had Mick on the show oh, I don't know, three or four times. And and personally, I think he's an okay guy. All right? Yeah. I I do. I do. I really do. But um he okay. He is such a a skeptic that if something – he is the definition of of cognitive dissonance. I I mean, he is the perfect example of that because if E.T. showed up at his door with his door dash, right, and there's a (laughs) flying saucer sitting in his front yard – and et gives him the he's going to close the door and go oh, i was a kid in a halloween costume right yeah. i mean it is so yeah. and that's that's what surprises me because tonight we're going to be talking about et human integration great mm-hmm. subject there are those out there that no matter what that may be in front of them they're not going to cross the line, and so and the reason right. why I bring up Mick West, <clears throat> I have this sighting, and uh, and he's on the show, and I go Mick, 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 you've got to stop with that because <laughs> I had a sighting. I'm with a group of people, thirty people. We see this five, four 500 foot tall beer can.
0: What if you could have a career?
2: twisting in the sky and it's mm-hmm. just it's just there and I just and I go, now we all saw it and then it just t- disappeared and it was only up there for about fifteen seconds. He goes, Ah, it's probably a kite. I go, dude, <laughs> I just told you a five hundred foot tall mm-hmm. spinning can. I don't know how mm-hmm. to, else to explain it, you know, but it was just it yeah. was in that shape. It wasn't a kite? Well, you were seeing it at a weird angle, like, dude, just stop. There's nothing I can say and I said there's and Mick and the flip side to this is there's nothing that you can say that is going to change myself or anybody else what we witnessed that day and yeah. and, and and that's it and that's that's the part of e t human integration. We've got a long mm-hmm. road in front of us. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. I, you know, when I taught that paranormal class at my college, I haven't taught it uh, in several, you know, since before the pandemic, but I had a couple of skeptics who took the class and I, I enjoy having, I enjoyed having skeptics in the class. And one of them was a pretty hardcore skeptic. He was a a math professor and he's a friend of mine. He's a good guy, really good guy, but He was there to debunk the whole thing, you know, just to kind of, you know, poke fun at it. And that that was fine. I have a good sense of humor. That's fine. But by the end of the class, he was asking me questions about spirit animals. And he thinks that his cat who had died several years ago is haunting his house or not haunting it, but, you know, still in the house. So he started to open up to things because he was surrounded by these very sincere, very honest people ranging in age from 18 to 80 who all had real life experiences and he got to know them over the course of seven weeks and respect them. And by the time, you know, towards the end of the class, I'm not going to say he was a believer, but he was maybe a little agnostic. You know, he was starting to ask questions. So something had gotten through to him and now it was just with his cat, but you know, that's That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Starts with the cat. You know? starts, That's fine.
2: Have you seen uh, the the new? Uh, it's called the Marvels, the new Marvels movie. It, it, I haven't seen it, but yeah, okay. I heard it. Of it. it yeah. Yeah. yeah, it released yesterday. I, I couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. I, I love everything Marvel. Watch mm-hmm. it for the cats. The, okay. the, it, look, it's great. It's, it, it, it's just <laughs> the cat. Just watch it for the cat. That's, that, mm-hmm. uh, the story's great. Okay, let's move on. I, okay. I still can't. The, the, the way that the cats are integrated into a story about uh, the multiverse and time travel and faster than light mm-hmm. and everything that Marvel deals with, and mm-hmm. they get cats into the story and kittens. It's brilliant, man. I mean, it's just—it's. It's, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's really well done. Um, okay, let's start with the definition, the idea behind ET human integration. Now, I understand this is a book project that you're working on right mm-hmm. now, um, so let's let let's start there so everybody understands uh, what we're talking about. Yeah, sure. Well,
3: I, you know, it all comes back to, I'm just going to step, take one step back. The, uh, You know, my first paranormal book was called Timeless. And I, the reason I decided to start telling my stories was because of my friend, Gene Thorkelson, who died in 2016. He came to me in a vision and I'd had these visions and experiences my whole life, but I was afraid to tell anybody. I thought I'd lose my job or and when I was in the military or a defense contractor, I thought I'd lose my security clearance, whatever. And uh, he convinced me to start telling these stories and he gave me the title, you know, Timeless. And he said, it's okay. Well, with this one, he, uh, at a certain point, I was asking him, okay, now who are these, you know, what, it, you know, and when I talk to him in these spirit uh, walks that I take, these like meditative walks, I often talked to him and, and I said, Gene, you know, what? who are the aliens? And he said, he said, Bruce, we are the aliens. And he, he's always very good about being very succinct, you know, but it was still, it's like, well, what do you mean? Like you, like you, you know, Gene, you, where you are, you're, he said, no, we, all of us, we are all aliens. So in other words, we are together. We are all, all of us are aliens we're, we, we are integrated. We are all, as Anzar says, and Gene says it too, we are one star family. So that's the whole idea behind it. And so he gave me, not only did he give me the title for the first book I wrote, he gave me the title for this one too. I call it, We Are the Aliens. And it's a case of alien human integration. And I talk about, in particular, myself. You know, So it's really a story of, identity you know what is my identity and how do i relate to this anzar character that we talked about last time we mm-hmm. were together you know this alien ancient alien mystic is that really what he is or is he some part of me because he told me that you know that he had been around he was he was the progenitor or progenitor however you want to pronounce it and and the uh, but more than that he is part of me. He said an aspect of him is an aspect of me. So the the idea is that we are integrated. We are integrated. We are a family. We are connected. We are connected into the past. We are connected into the future. We're connected now. So that is the premise of it. And it comes down to that simple thing that Gene told me. He's so good at saying that he said we are the aliens so that is the jumping off point for this book and then i you know the book goes into theories about time travel that you know like i think you've talked to michael masters right he's probably one of the guys you've talked to and his theory uh you know that these are time traveling humans uh and i think that's That is part of it. And I've verified that with Gene and with Anzar, you know, that that's part of it. But that's not the only thing, you know, there's there's different alien races, but we're all we're still all connected. We are integrated, you know, and uh, how how that is even possible, because when you talk about skeptics, you know, one of the first things they say, and I'm sure they've, you know, you know, when you had West on the show one of the things they always say is, well, how could they come here? There's no way they could get here. You know, it's too far away. Uh, And, you know, and, uh, but if you travel through wormholes, in other words, if you travel through a wormhole and you use uh, the wormholes to travel, then, then they, in other words, they are us, right. And there is here because we are connected. <laughs> they, they are us, and there is here. So they're not traveling as far as people think they are, because they're connect, we're connected by wormholes. Now, I could get into the physics of, not that I'm a, a, a you know, a, a physics guy, I'm a historian, but it, it really goes back to Einstein, and, you know, wormholes, and this idea of quantum entanglement, and that's how it all works, and physicists will explain it. You know, people like Jack serfati and people like that will explain it. But, or even Michael Masters. But the idea is that um, once you understand that, it makes it a lot easier to accept that that this that this could be happening. You know, you don't have to travel millions and millions of light light years away when you have a wormhole that you could travel instantaneously, or as Einstein said, spooky action at a distance.
2: Yeah. Well, what, what the hardcore skeptics Mm -hmm. need to let go of is thinking about the now where we are now, because that's the only thing that they relate to it. And it's so easy to explain if you and I, Time travel. If you and I went back to 200 years ago, 200, yeah, 2000, and we said, actually, they're gonna drive here from there. I know it's 300 miles, but they're gonna drive, they're gonna be here in three hours. Oh, come on, that's impossible. (laughs) 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 There's no way no, 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 no and And today, of course, we we laugh at that. Um, and that's just a car, right? And I'm not even talking about an airplane or or a rocket ship or or any of that. So the idea of e.T. doing something really easy really easy like you and i getting in the car and mm-hmm. and and me driving out to to your place for a burger tonight and i can be back home and in bed in a couple of hours and cover that kind of distance that's black magic voodoo to somebody 200 years ago but oh, sure. but you and i yeah. do it today because it's easy and yeah. that's that's yeah. and and that's so they they need to stop with it. How would they do it? What do you mean? How would they do it? It would be easy for them. I can tell you that, <laughs> and, and it's really that simple, you know. So uh, and the 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 idea of contact. Is is when when we oppose these ideas just a few short years ago, uh, t- ten years ago, twenty years ago? I get it. We were thinking about nuts and bolts craft and, and an ET mm-hmm. sitting in it for ten thousand light years, right, and just aimlessly flying across the vast distances of space. Today, we're smarter. And and we understand things, and we're getting closer to understanding things uh, differently. And so the idea of somebody getting here that doesn't have to be that much more advanced than us—I'm talking about a hundred years. Where are we going to be in a hundred years? Literally. Oh, it's
3: it's it, it, it's amazing, Jimmy. And I and I'll I'll tell you—you you never know when, when you're going to put something together. I was listening to a. Uh, podcast with uh, our friend Jeffrey Mishlove, right, mm-hmm. uh, New Thinking Aloud, and he was interviewing a guy named Carlos Airy, and he's a uh, Cuban-born professor, uh, history professor out of uh, Yale. I think it's out of Yale. He wrote a book called They Flew, and it's, it, you wouldn't even think it'd be connected to ET or anything, but it's about saints and how they would levitate and bilocate. So here's where it gets really interesting. How would—they had witnesses, and of course all of them became saints, which meant they had to go through a rigorous process through the Catholic Church to get canonized, which is not easy for them to get canonized. And for every saint that they documented as having bilocated or having flu, you know, having uh, uh, levitated, there are probably a hundred people who were found, you know, that to be false or not enough evidence. So it's very rigorous— The standards that they use well the way it's described by witnesses and the way it's described in the book is that they have it's kind of like an interdimensional uh uh bubble that they're in when they levitate an interdimensional bubble and it's so the way it was described is that they become like uh stiff where they're even their clothing doesn't move like they'll move through the air, but their clothing, the air doesn't move their clothing. So they're they're there, but not there. They've they've entered another dimension, but they're in like this bubble, and they they get there through what they call a, sp- a spiritual ex- ecstasy. That's how they get there. They get into this mode where they can bilocate. And there's famous ones where there were lots of visit- uh, lots of witnesses, like um, Saint John of the Cross and uh, Saint Teresa. Who did it at the same time, which was pretty interesting. And then there's Saint, uh, I think Saint Joseph of Cupertino, who did it uh, almost at will all the time. (laughs) You know, I mean, he was all the time. So you wouldn't think it would be connected, but the process of how they do it sounds to me a lot like the way that an ET craft works or that ETs get around. You know, what I would call an interdimensional vortex. You know, that's that's what they do. They they travel through space time, and they, they are able to do that and, and, and that's in, you know through wormholes and so forth and I think that that process, and that was back in the you know the, the 1600s they were doing and documenting this you know so I don 't think anybody's connected that to what 's going on now, but I think that it was it was well documented and and you know the Catholic Church, I think there's uh, who is it um, Diana Pasolka, I'm not sure if you've interviewed her. But I have, I have. Yeah, so she, I think she's written quite a, she has the connections to the Vatican, I think, in the Vatican archives, and I'm sure she's much more ver, well-versed on this uh, in this than I am. But I, I read that, and I heard that podcast, and I, I started to connect that, and I go, there is a connection there between how this whole process works. It, may, it really made the wheels turn in my head for how, how, this, is, how this is happening. And this idea of bilocation, especially because, you know, being in two places at once, you know, and and especially in the 1600s when you're talking about, you know, you're simultaneously in the in the southwest in the in in the southwest of what would become the United States and also in Europe, you know, at the same time. So anyway, well,
2: and the the other part the The science side of this, mm-hmm. when we are, I I have been taking. I, I don't like talking about this, but uh, I've been taking some physics classes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in 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 doing this and understanding, like uh, uh, relativity. And, mm-hmm. and the theory of relativity and what it, uh, it, it it's been twisted and watered down and what the public thinks it actually is. And what it is it, and it's what's been pulled out of it is where we are today mm-hmm. with wormholes and this and then it, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't like this is what Einstein was writing relativity is two things relative to each other how they are observed to people and and how they see each other and and how they observe and how they are relative to each other that's the theory of relativity now the equations and what comes out of that mm-hmm. and the observ- okay all right that that that's a whole other situation but the part about all of this when it comes to science that gets really really funky is entanglement Because nothing goes faster than the speed of light, man. And I've been listening to these professors and, and talk about this. I'm like, they don't, they're not even listening to what they are saying. When you say nothing can go faster than the speed of light, but yet you say one particle here can affect and change another particle on the other side of the universe at the same time. I'm sorry, but that's a lot faster than the speed of light. <laughs> that's exactly. The, that's at the yeah. speed of now, and understanding yeah. that right there, just understanding that and comprehending that, that right there, I can I can go toe to toe with any theoretical physicist that wants to deny the possibility of faster than light. Just right there with entanglement, and and that answers so many different questions, doesn't it? Travel, yeah, and mind yeah. communication, sure. Right? So, and 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 here's so when you when you go on your walks and you are asking questions and getting answers, do you feel that that is uh, from entanglement? is it reaching into the connected universe and that's where this is coming back to you?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you know, I have to go through certain preparations. Uh, you know, I have to, I have certain things that I say and do in preparation to get ready. You know, I have to raise my consciousness because the way I see it, you know, the interface that we have, you know, what David Bohm would call the, the expletive, uh, uh, or the explicate not the explicit the explicate order you know the everyday interface that we have i have to rise above that to the implicate order where i can connect to the quantum world you know to where the spirits are to where the ets operate that's where i have to connect to and they have to connect to me there too so that's what i have to do and i i have to record it so when i'm Connected, I have to record what I'm saying and what I'm hearing so that I can remember because it's, I'm entering into this zone where I don't always remember what is being told to me. So that's why I have to document it. And then I come home and transcribe it. And anyway, that's part of the book too. I, I, all those transcriptions, but, but, but that is what I do. So yes, that's what I have to utilize. I have to utilize the, uh, the quantum entanglement, the quantum world. I always say, you know, the the spirit world, the alien world, and the quantum world are all the same thing. It's all the same, op- op, you know, it's the same uh, operating system, if you will. And what we're doing right now, this is this is just the uh, the interface, you know, that, that we have. And every once in a while, we'll catch a glimpse, sometimes by accident, of that uh, quantum world. We'll slip into it. We'll catch a little peek of it unless you get into that uh you know, what the saints would call that, that uh, spiritual ecstasy, you know, so they can go, you know, bilocate and levitate and all that stuff. Or, or for us, if we, you know, meditate and, and do the things we do and have our paranormal experiences. So it's all the same thing. And uh, it, it's fascinating. And I, I, you know, that's where I get my, my information, my downloads, you know, sometimes they'll come during the meditation, the spirit walk. Sometimes they'll come in the middle of the night, Um uh, in the middle of the day. I'll, you know, like hear something like a whisper in my ear and I'll write it down. So I don't forget what I just heard. And sometimes it'll make sense. Sometimes it won't at that moment, but maybe later I'll save it. So later it'll make sense.
2: Do you and, ever uh, have yeah. do you ever have two-way communication? Yeah, yeah. It's it's
3: it's an intelligent conversation. I mean, I will ask a question, I'll get an answer. Yes. Yeah, and and you know, I mean there there's also uh I mean when you talk about like spirits that are uh like hauntings and things like that, you know, I've gone into haunted areas where there's more like a tape loop thing going on and that's not uh that's not two-way. That's just something that's there that's presenting to you that's kind of like it's kind of like you it's like a tripwire. you know you go in there and all of a sudden they start doing their spooky stuff but it's almost like it's on tape or something and you can't really interact very much with it it's not an you know a two-way kind of thing but what i'm talking about on these spirit walks is a two-way communication whether it's with gene or ansar or other people that i contact
2: now with uh my my, the the, here's here's the question i have to ask and then we'll move on yeah you're you're a 10-year professor yeah okay how and grush just did his thing right in, Mm -hmm. in front of the house uh sworn testimony uh you also dipped your toe in that water too as well Right in the defense side of of, of things, and yep. you are now on a show <laughs> you've done all the shows um, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, talking about et and communication and is in your in the world of education, Is it opening up where you don't give a crap anymore and it's okay to discuss these things like where Grush is? Because you were also in Grush's position at one point, too, as well, where this is a zone you just don't go into. Has the world changed that much where you're okay with it? Grush is okay with it. Are you okay with what Grush said?
3: Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack there. And what you just said, um, for one thing, I'm, uh, I'm in a different place in my career than he is. He's a younger man than I am. I'm 65. So if, if my college was to say, uh, oh, you know, you're a lunatic, you know, (laughs) we we get, we're going to get rid of you, you know? Well, first of all, I'm a tenured professor. It's pretty hard to get rid of me, but I guess they, you know, if they tried hard enough, they probably could. But, uh, but so I, I'm not so worried about that. Um, I don't need, I don't have a security clearance anymore, so I'm not worried about that. But as a younger man, uh, working when I was working at Boeing on the B1 or B2 program, had a top secret clearance. Yeah, I, I wasn't about to start talking about that. I could, you know, I had alien experiences, or that I could uh, talk to dead people and things. So that was something I I wouldn't go there. So to me. I think he's a very brave man. That's my impression of him. And I've, I haven't talked to him. I've talked to people who do talk to him and got messages through to him. And I said it's very important for you if you talk to him, please tell him I'm very proud of him. And I, I don't know him, so I, you know, but I just, I just want you know, as a fellow veteran, you know, I want him to know that I'm very proud of him because I know what he's sacrificing. At his age, you know, I mean, he's still a young man. So, uh, so that part of it. Um, However, uh, and this happened the last time we talked, because last time we talked, I was in Ohio Mm -hmm. visiting my two older sons. And uh, I, uh, uh, and this leads into kind of a sensitive area where it deals with um, what the government's doing to hide stuff. And uh, my son, my eldest son, works at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. He's in the Air Force. Are he you, are you the,
2: okay with talking about this? Yes. Okay. I am. Okay.
3: I, I am because I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm a father. Well, first of all, I told my son I was going to talk about this. and And he said, I can't stop you, Dad. And I said, that's right. Because I I, and he and he, he told me I can't control you. And I said, you're right. You cannot control me. I'm a, I'm your dad. I care about you. I love you. And I don't think it's right what's happening. So and, you know, and I've written to. OK, so what happened is I wrote to members of Congress. And I was on your show, it was well known I was going to be on your show, because I tell everybody, hey, I'm proud I'm going to be on Jimmy's show, especially the first time, you know. Right. I mean, I'm proud the second time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right, right. It's
3: a, it's a cool thing. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, I was planning to talk about that and other things and and uh, what was happening to my son at Wright-Patterson, and uh, somebody broke into our hotel room while we were in there in the middle of the night, the day before our You know, on August 1st, we we had our show on August 2nd uh, and they came into our hotel room and uh, my wife woke me up and said, there's somebody in our room. So I got up my full G.I. Joe combat mode, you know, and went and the the door closed and I went and opened the door and there was a guy in uh, like uh, um, construction worker clothes there and he looked at me, and I was in my pajamas in shock, and he, was kind of, he looked at me, and he goes, oh, I'm really sorry. And I go, oh, all right. And then the door on the other side of the hallway opened, and there were other construction workers in there. And they said, hey, Joe, come on in. And then he walked in there, and the door closed, right? So I thought, that was very bizarre. You know, how did he get in our room? It was locked. Did he have a key? So something weird. So the next morning I went down to the front desk and I told them, I said, uh, I, I, I said, somebody came into our room in the middle of the night, you know, they must've had a key. And they said, well, you must've left the door open. I said, no, we didn't leave the door open. You must've had a key. Well, nobody can get into your door. That's ridiculous. And I said, well, they got into the door that the doors, the lock's not broken. And uh, how about you look and see who's in that room across the way? You know, on the other side of the hallway. So the the manager looked in the computer. There's nobody registered in that room. Oh, really? There's nobody registered in that room. Okay. Well, that's very bizarre. And she said, and then she got all apologetic. Um, How about we just give you free meals the rest of your time here? Because they had a restaurant there. And I I said, no, how about this? I'm going to be on Fade to Black tonight. You know, because it was the night. I said, "I I need it." That's how I ended up in that weird conference room. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> that looked like? I remember
2: the whole thing. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. So and and so they said, "Okay, yeah, we'll put notes in here for the night manager." So anyway, long story short, I went I went to uh, that night to go to the show, and uh, the night manager the the notes disappeared. She didn't have any notes, so I had to beg her to let me in to the conference room. I got in. Uh, While I was on your show. Somebody came into our room again when my wife was alone in the room. They came into the room again when she was there alone. And she said, you know, get out, you know, or whatever. And then the person went out. Um, so I, I now, you know, there there's I guess there could be a lot of different explanations, but um I had sent a couple of weeks before I got there, I had sent a letter to uh, several members of Congress about what I thought was going on at Wright Patterson. And what I think is going on there is my son and several other guys in his unit, and they're security force guys, they're in the security forces, uh, got sick suddenly January, February 2023. And uh, just terribly sick, like heart problems, breathing problems, muscle issues, neuromuscular problems. Uh, foggy thinking just overnight and they went in to be treated and they uh, at first they tried to tell my son it was just a night terror that's what you had. And he said no, that's not it. this is something else So they were did all they were going to do some tests they were going and and then they canceled those he was going to do a nuclear stress test because his heart you know and they canceled that and and he he couldn't work for months. he couldn't work. he had to go on sick leave. And uh so anyway I I uh I asked him to get checked for radiation exposure cuz I had a feeling there was something connected to Wright Patterson and 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 that's when I asked Anzar and my spirit friends I said what do you guys think has happened and they told me Anzar said um the the contractors there at Wright Patterson new members of congress were coming Uh, And they are quickly trying to reverse engineer last minute stuff, got sloppy. They're getting ready to pack stuff up and move it somewhere to get it, you know, to play a shell game for Congress. And they had a release, a burst of radiation and it made your son and these other people sick and they don't want to tell anybody. And I said, well, that's horrible. I mean, that is awful. Uh, It's awful that they're lying to us about this stuff and, and, And it's awful that my son is sick, so I'm going to do something about it. So I sent another letter to Congress and several, you know, all the ones on the UAP task force, all the, you know, my member of Congress, all the senators involved, Jimmy, And that was from July until recently. I even sent one in January. I have not even got a form letter response. You know how I've written to Congress a lot. I get those form letters. Thank you for your concern. or what? It's always some written by a staffer, and it's a a form letter. And nothing, not even a form letter. And I know why. And I, I even asked Anzo, I said, why is this? I suspected I knew what it was. And they said, because if they acknowledge your letter, They have to acknowledge the issue. This way they can pretend that it didn't happen or that they didn't get the letter, even though I've sent several plus emails too, no response yet. Uh, Now, am I afraid that, you know, and I told my son, if, if you get a strange phone call from your company commander or your base commander or somebody in a black suit shows up, a man in black shows up, just tell them this is nothing to do with you. You didn't tell me to do this. It's your dad, and you can't control your dad. Your dad just loves you and wants you to be okay. and that's what I asked the members of Congress. I said, all I want is for you to take care of these these guys. you know get you know find you know do whatever you got to do to take care of these guys. You know don't pretend it didn't happen what, it, what If it's something else, then find out what that is and take care of them, but don't pretend it didn't happen
2: what um, um anyway. now now uh i understand you haven't gotten a response yes. what about what about yes. ed Wright, pat anything changed there not
3: that i know about not that i know but now my son i asked my son what about these other guys and he said some of them are gone he doesn't even know where they are so that's kind of weird i need to follow up with that so i need to and now the thing is Jimmy, he doesn't like to say too much because, uh, you know, he like I said, he has a very high security clearance because he not only – I don't know how much more I should say than that. But anyway, you know, he – it it's all has to do with me. I'm just going to – I'm not putting it on him at all. He told me he was sick. I put it all together. He doesn't – you know, he's not saying it was ET materials or anything. I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. Anzar is saying that. My spirit friends are saying that. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't said that. you know. So that's, that's my conclusion that I've drawn. He's just told me all of his symptoms and the, you know, the things that have happened, and I put all that together. So I'm just well, asking for help from right, members right. of Congress, and, right, and right. they've ignored me. They've ignored me up to now. So. There,
2: there's probably well, it would go with any defense installation, but there are probably three locations in in the world, and they're all here in the United States. That once, that, and I'm talking about Edwards. I'm talking about Area 51, Groom Lake, and I'm talking about mm-hmm. Wright Pat. Yep, you bring up those three names. With an issue tied to it, and you're going to get nothing. I mean, that's it. That's it. That that those are the three spots. You're just not. It's it's, it. Right, Pat is too sensitive, and and uh, Groom Lake is is too sensitive. Edwards Air Force Base is too sensitive. It's it's really that simple. I um, there are things. It, it it is so crazy for me in my world, so I totally understand. Uh, like I said, you know, you put you put right Pat in in a letter to Congress, and you've got issues, or or to a senator, or to uh, that. It's like it's it's dead in the water out of the gate. There's just nothing um, when I. I I know some things and I just I, I and, and I, I and I can't I can't say I know them you on, do. Jimmy, I know you know some things. <laughs> and I can't I know you do. I can't say them on the air. Too I know, I know too you can. too quickly I know you can. the puzzle pieces get put together and yeah, and things I, get shut down. And and yeah. and I get that. I totally understand it. And and that's yeah. that's what you're up against there. do you yeah. remember um
3: I didn't I didn't mean to put you in a bad or a, no, a no, tough no, position. No, no. no it's fine. but I'm just I'm just speaking as a as a father but and I'm elaborating on this how how it impacts me talking about aliens and stuff. When I mean I I don't care if my employer says, you know, hey, you're nuts, you know, we don't want you talking about it but once you start messing around with my kids or my family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know, you can threaten my job or whatever. Okay, fine. You know, you don't want me to talk about aliens, whatever. I'm still going to talk about them, you know, but you know, once you start messing around with people I love,
2: you know, do you, do you it, remember when the workers out at Groom Lake that were burning uh, toxic drums and chemicals, right, and and aircraft in these pits. And they all got sick. And so they turn around, and a group of them, it was a big group of, of, of workers, and, and went to sue the state of Nevada. They sued the Air Force. They sued the CIA and, and, and so forth um, for health benefits, <laughs> right? Right. And the case got thrown out of court. And you know why? Groom Lake doesn't exist. Right. Right? right. <laughs> it's just like that. It's just like mm-hmm. that. You have nowhere to go with this. We right. are not opening up what is going on there. We're not going to talk about <laughs> it. And it's going to stay right there. And right, Pat, the Foreign Technology Division... I mean just like yeah. we're just right just right there, which foreign technology is anything that's not ours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Area a, B. Yeah. Area B. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's and and uh I feel for you. That's uh that's a I, that's a tough road. Yeah, sorry, that was a long
3: answer to your question and I just yeah, I know what you're saying. And uh, but it's interesting. I I did, did dig up some weird little article, uh, uh, a, a statement by Jared Moskowitz. I think he's a, a congressman from I don't is he from Florida or whatever. I don't know a Democrat from Florida. He said something about well, uh, you know, what if we just say uh, hey, we're coming to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. What are you guys going to do? And I think that was around february march you know around that i i got to print out that article but i remember he he said something about that so i don't know what happened as a result of that but
2: uh well they went they <laughs> went out to um the same thing happened uh they went out uh i think it was gets gates Getz, uh oh gates matt gates yeah, yeah matt gates and yeah. and um now, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, the three of them. Anyway, so they go out to the mm-hmm. gates uh, of an Air Force base, and they're like, we understand some stuff went down, and we would like to check out your data. And they said, yeah. no. <laughs> right? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get in your car and go back to where you came from. Hey, you're not, yeah. you're not. Let me talk to the, no, no, no. We're from Congress. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> no, the answer is no. And and how interesting yeah. is that? And when it, when it comes to this, Bruce, it, it, the Air Force specifically, the Navy's been a lot more open, but the mm-hmm. Air Force is pretty cocky with this, aren't they? they are so used to be able uh, to 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 say no and and that's it and they're not going to talk about it and they are above everything else they're above the president they're above the senators and and any elected official or local law enforcement they they they're very comfortable in that cockiness yeah
3: yeah i just i saw it. Uh, just the other day, I saw they're starting to uh, <laughs> uh, re- revive the old Project Blue Book, you know, not the swamp gas, but this time they said it was plasma or something. They're trying to say, oh, well, whatever they saw on these, uh, you know, the, the gun site video or whatever. Oh, no, that was just plasma. That was, you know, whatever. It's not, uh, these aren't uh, these aren't uh craft you know these aren't you know ufos or uaps or whatever so it's like they're recycling these old you know stories and then you got that letter that came out from uh uh you know sean kirkpatrick you know just a, a week or two ago you know just saying which this is you know he's put out a couple of things but there's, there's what I call a, a parade of of debunkers at a very high level that are really putting on a full court press to try to put a lid on this as quickly as possible and uh, and it, it it's just not going to work ultimately Jimmy because uh, because as you know in my book what I talk about is you once once the wheel starts turning of what I call revelation, not disclosure, because disclosure is other-directed. That's where we sit and wait and hope that the government tells us the truth. Revelation is where we let it come from within. We, we, we understand from within what the truth is. It's grassroots until it just becomes an overwhelming force, and then it, it collides with disclosure and with the singularity and then it becomes just obvious you know what the truth is and i think that's what i I don't think they can ultimately keep a lid on it anymore Uh, they've done a pretty good job of keeping a lid on it for quite a while and they're still trying but ultimately it's not going to work do
2: do you think that um uh that grush Caught everybody by surprise. Now, there was a certain amount of movement going on. Him with the IG, um, Mm -hmm. his past. There was some chatter going around. He had his documents. He had his things. And and there was Mm -hmm. stuff that was presented to Congress. There was some chatter. But my mind says that there were those in the military and the establishment and Lockheed and so forth that were like, okay. All right, you guys can do this, but it, you can't let it go too far. And then Grush turns around and just blah blah blah, right? And and that was like, okay, now we got to pump the brakes. Okay, it was okay with the tic tac video. It was okay with, mm-hmm. it, but but now we've gone too far. And that Kirkpatrick backs up, and mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean everything seemed to yeah. just like pull back. do you think that that's what was going on
3: yeah i well, I think there's different factions I think there's uh one faction that like the kind of slow rolling uh you know slow walking disclosure, you know overdrawn out over time and uh and then there are probably factions within intelligence community or defense community or the government who would like to accelerate that a little bit and maybe that's who grush represents you know kind of that part of it and then there are those that are old old line project blue book types you know who are, let, let's just keep let's keep the charade going on you know it's just swamp gas you know probably those guys too and so i think there is competing factions because as we know you know the, the government is not monolithic you know there's there's factions within it, you know, that competing factions. So I think that they, they don't, they don't have a monolithic viewpoint, and I think they're they're arguing amongst themselves how this is going to be presented. And Grush uh, represented one particular group that kind of snuck through, and that that IG, I mean, good, uh, good job there. That they uh, authorized him to do it; otherwise, he couldn't have, you know. And but he's still handcuffed, you know. And even with the, uh, you know, making all those statements he made, you know, the most interesting questions, you get to it, and they say, well, we have to talk about that in a skiff. Well, the problem is for us, Jimmy, is once they put them in a skiff, the members of Congress, they can't talk about it. And they can't even, even if they have talked about it before, if it gets confirmed in a skiff, now they can't talk about it anymore. Because now they'll get accused of, of revealing a uh, a state secret or national security breach, and and they could be prosecuted for that. If you get told something in a skiff, even if it's something that you knew before, now you can't talk about it again. So it kind of the skiff doesn't help us necessarily. <laughs> it it just puts more of a a, a, a a clamp down on the on the truth.
2: Well, as so, a, okay. Here, here, here. Let me ask you this: as mm-hmm. an as an as an intellectual, I'm not right. I'm not. I just play one on TV. Is is this? What is the secret of, of why keep life in the universe from us? It, it that's that that it's such a fundamental question. But it's like telling us that goldfish, you know, they're a secret. We can't tell you about goldfish. Well but, but but I see them. Yeah, I know, but we can't talk about it. What do you mean? It's it's nature. And and that's and and that's that's what we're talking about here. Why yeah. deny Uh, The fundamental question of all time, are we alone, right? Why keep that from us? I don't care about petrochemicals. I don't care about petrodollars. I don't care about anti-gravity. I don't care about you keeping it a secret from us and you got caught in a lie. I don't care about the free energy part. I don't care. All of that we can work out later. (laughs) Maybe we'll work it out in the courts, whatever but mm-hmm. but but we don't care about any of that let's just get down to the basics that's it what why I, keep I, that from us i i think it comes down to
3: this and it ties into the paranormal you know and, and it seems like you know ufo people and the paranormal people they don't like to they like to be separate have a wall between them but really they're tied together because i think it's very clear that the way these craft operate the UAPs operate is uh, with psi you know you have to have psychic ability integrated you know once again talk about integration integrated into whatever this craft is you know it's it's part machine and part biological you know so you have to have that s- psychic ability to do it and 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 so in order to reveal that we have these visitors, that we have these aliens, or that we're related to these aliens, which would be even more mind-blowing, I guess, in some ways, uh, is you'd also have to admit that, uh, that, that telepathy is real, that psychokinesis is real, and that they use it and that we can learn it, and that we're heading in that direction. And once you do that, What's going to happen? I mean, then you got. Um, well, my answer guy- to that, Bruce, <laughs> is so what? So what? I, so how? I, how? I, well, I, I think it's. I think it's great. But what? You know, what they're afraid of is well. Wait a second. That means that if people start using telepathy. They're going to know what we're up to. They're going to know, they're going to be able to use clairvoyance. They're going to be able to use remote viewing at will. They're going to know our state secrets. They're going to know what we're doing in Washington. They're going to be able to, uh, uh, you, know, con- you know, control, uh, you know, to do uh, uh, psychokinesis, you know, to make things happen. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, it's going to be chaos and we're going to lose control. We're going to lose control of the situation. And it's all about control. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's that's what it's all about is it's keeping a, control.
2: It's such a deep philosophical question. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but here's the thing, rip the band-aid off. The the word I just just get it over with, man. <laughs> just get it. pull mm-hmm. the, pull the tooth out, right? Just just no. get it done because the the other side of it if if you deny 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 and you get caught in a lie, that's how many times did your parents tell you that growing up? Just tell me the yeah. truth and it'll be all right. Right. Yeah. But no, you're not going to do it. You're not going to tell the truth. You're going to stick with the lie. Yeah. Then you get yeah. caught. That sucks. And you got to yeah. deal with it then. And it's always much worse. So it's yeah. that's rip the bandaid off now. You know, what is the government going to do when something flies over Los Angeles? What's the government going to do when James Webb, you know, the space telescope discovers something? There was just a headline today. um, I'll pull it up right here. There was just a headline. I'm doing it on my phone, man. I I got a thing here called a computer. Um, (laughs) Just before the show. Okay, just before the show, I see this headline, and the headline is they've now discovered another potentially habitable. This is the headline. On mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of the major media outlets, I'm not going to say mm-hmm. which one, but, you know, Fox, CNN, BBC, the headline mm-hmm. is potentially habitable, habitable, super earth spotted 137 light years away. And by the way, mm-hmm. that's friggin' close, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. that. We're talking next door. Right, yeah. So uh, astronomers have discovered a super-Earth, a world larger than our planet, about one and a half times the size. Uh, the super-Earth is known as TOI-715b, orbits Red Dwarf Star that is cooler and smaller than our sun. Astronomers spotted the planet using NASA's TESS or Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite Mission. A study detailing the discovery was published at the Royalist Astronomical Society. Researchers have determined. Now, the, the, okay, I'm not going to read the rest of. But you know what? Mm-hmm. The Goldilocks zone that they found this in is the conservative zone. Okay, so you mm-hmm. have a Goldilocks zone, right? Okay, mm-hmm. it's like this, but the conservative zone is like where uh, very, very, very conservative numbers, and it's mm-hmm. there it's like where it needs to be for sure. water not not a little bit you know not no no mm-hmm. it's it's in the conservative zone and they are yeah. freaking out about this they are freaking out and this mm-hmm. is the problem that the government needs to deal with because we are looking and we science and and citizen amateur astronomers are going to make a discovery and that's you better rip the bandaid off now. That way, mm-hmm. it's easier to deal with. Yeah, and they'll 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 probably uh, you know what they would like to do
3: is start far away and say, well, okay, yes, far away, and then they'll get progressively closer and closer until they say, wait a, oh yeah, oh by the way, yeah, they've been here the whole time, and guess what. Yeah, we're the aliens. You know, just like my book, you know, we we are the alien <laughs> you know, that's what it's eventually gonna come down to that. But they want to start farther away where, oh well, maybe people can accept that a little bit easier and uh and and that'll be more uh you know, digestible, you know. I can we're see using, that. Yeah, so and then slowly get it closer to us until they're right here on top of us in, in, you know, in interdimensionally and in every other way. And they're, they've been here the whole time and they're going to be here. You know, that's, that's, that's probably the way they would like it to go. Although I think that there are different factions that would like to accelerate that. And, uh, but I, I'm all for, you know, let's just go for it, you know, because we're heading towards that singularity and we, we, we need, we, you know, because if we don't, if we don't get it together you know there's a possibility we could we could you know hit some kind of like in a computer you have a, res, a restore button right where you go back to the original programming you know and it, and if we're not careful, we could end up going back to some futile time you know and uh, and and not make it you know and we could all be living in the dark ages again, you know and i I don't want that to happen. You know, I want us to embrace modern technology as we hurdle into this singularity. And to do that, we have to understand our connection to ET and the fact that we are integrated with them and that we're all together and we need each other. Right, right. We need each other. Humans, ETs, we're all together. Animals, all of us, let's all...
2: Let's all together. It doesn't take much to go backwards. Yeah. Let's say we just went through a pandemic, right? Okay. So let's yeah. say the next pandemic next year only affects engineers, electrical engineers, structural engineers, right? Only if wipes them out and you and i are you and i you you're a professor right you and i end up on an island that's got all of the resources it's got sand right silicon <laughs> it's got it's got metal it's got aluminum it's got gold it's got everything it's got oil it's got everything there Are you and I and our friends building a factory to make cell phones anytime soon? No. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) A thousand years from now, we probably wouldn't have these yet. It would be like that. I mean, and, and you and I know what this is. Mm-hmm. we We know what it does, we know what the function is, but you and I aren't building a car right we're not we're not, we're not doing any of that Yeah, i don't, exactly. i don't even know how you and I would weave clothes do you know how to do you, do you know how to knit <laughs> i mean what would we do what I know. would we do No, it's really, it's really that simple. Let's take our break right here. uh, Mm -hmm. Bruce, stay right there. We're going to take a break. This is Fade to Black. I'm yours, Jimmy Church. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get your alerts and access to over 2,000 videos. Click that subscribe button right now. My job is not to preach.
1: My job is to take you on this journey. In a state of passion,
2: nothing negative can happen.
1: That it's the moons of those planets that would have life.
0: Sometimes I see, you know, these energies also in your field.
1: It is our passion and our pleasure.
2: Go to JimmyChurchRadio.com and get the Fade to Black official podcast. 2,000 episodes, all of them commercial free for just $2 a month. Jimmy Church. Please visit and explore Egypt this October 3rd through the 14th, 2024, with Billy, Elizabeth, myself, and very special guest, Matt LaCroix. It's simple to do. Just go to ForbiddenKnowledge.com and click on upcoming tours or click on the link below. We'll see you there. Watch Into the Vortex on Gaia TV. It's fade to black for the screen. Simple to do. Go to Gaia.com, search Jimmy Church, or click on the link below. Follow Fade to Black on Twitter at J Church Radio. Get all of the show updates every single day. It's it, it's now called X, but who cares? how you doing jimmy church here special announcement get your fade to black t-shirts that's right help support the show help support everything that we do over here we've got two t-shirts we've got two ways to get them and right now if you get a game changer membership for a limited time you will get Fade to black blend coffee with your Game Changer membership. That's right. We have two t-shirts. We have the original, the classic fade to black t-shirt. You know you want one. Post a picture. Send it to us. We'll put it in our fade to black gallery. And we've got the new official fade to black t-shirt drawn by Michael Oming. Two t-shirts, two ways to get them. Get yours today. Everything is in stock. Everything gets autographed. Everything includes shipping. And you're going to get a tracking number. And with the Game Changer membership, you get an email to me. You get unlimited commercial-free downloads of the show. Those are uploaded every single night after the show to the website. So don't delay. Get your Fade the Black t-shirt today. Go Backly Tappy. Go to jimmychurchradio.com and become a fade or not. Get a membership. That's right. Everything is commercial free. You have access to downloads and you get to call yourself a fade or not. River Moon Coffee, makers of the Fade to Black blend. Truly the best coffee on planet Earth just visit rivermoonwellness.com or or their amazon store it's all simple to do you can check out the fade to black blend the game changer blend or any of their black moon wellness products it's the only coffee i drink it is the best and it's doc again rivermoonwellness.com com. Right, welcome back. Fade to black. I'm your host, Jimmy Church. Tonight, Dr. Bruce Solheim is with us We're talking about E.T. and human integration. And here's the deal. It's the old song, right? We are stardust. And E.T. visiting us, they're coming to an alien world. Right? They are, if just in the pure definition of it, right? But the particles on the other side of the universe are the same particles here. A star died so you and I could live and have children and think, right? Particles are particles, elements are elements, atoms are atoms. That's it electrons are electrons quarks are quarks we're all made of the same stuff why why are we so freaked out about the idea of of life out there life should be everywhere right
3: yeah exactly i mean that that you know this idea that we are a star family, you know, that and that's uh you know when I do these uh spirit walks when I talk to anzar I I use the term alien, you know, which is you know the term that we usually use. And he 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 can be funny sometimes. He'll say, well hold on a second, how would you know, how would you like to be called alien? And I said, well I don't know. And he said, well look it up. And I I, I didn't think about it, but then I looked it up in the dictionary and I You know, which is good to look in the dictionary every once in a while. And I looked at all the definitions and they're all kind of negative. All these negative definitions, you know, things that are not very nice. You know, when you look at alien, I mean, anybody can look it up and you'll see it's they're not very, they're not not very friendly, not very good definitions. So I said, well, if you don't want to be called an alien, what do you want to be called? And he said, "Uh, well, because we're related, how about star family? And you know what? Just what the Aborigines say—they call them Star People or Star Family—and I think the uh, Native Americans, most of them in our in in North America, they call them uh, the Star People, right? So that it's you know they knew they they knew what the proper nomenclature was, I guess. So you're right, Jimmy. I mean we're all we're all made of the same stuff, you know.
2: So the, uh, the, the scientific evidence in front of us that we have, okay, we have facts. I keep talking about this. We have facts and then we have the truth. The truth is out somewhere behind the facts. Okay. That, that's just, we're trying to get to the truth. Science runs that way. Our life runs that way. Right? So science is looking at the facts. and so here's a fact. We know that basic sugars are floating around on asteroids and meteors and and arriving here and crashing into this planet. We just got the stuff back from Benue, right? Osiris-rex. And we're finding amino acids, the building blocks of RNA. RNA is the instruction set. It's a single strand instead of a double helix uh, of mm-hmm. DNA. RNA, the building blocks of RNA floating around in space, crashing into planets. Now, those are the facts. Now let's get to the truth that is behind that. If that's the case, that says to me that the truth is RNA and DNA are all over the universe. And there is... The only assumption you can make off of that is that intelligent life is out there. Some is basic before us. Some of it is much more advanced than us. Some is exactly the same as us. But but DNA is universal. RNA is universal. And that is the truth behind the facts... Of amino acids floating around in space. That's crazy town, right? So, what <laughs> we are, stardust. We're all made of the same stuff. And we should not yeah. be surprised if ET shows up here and looks fundamentally like us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they
3: tend to be. Rather humanoid-looking, you know, which is the point that Michael Masters makes in his book, you know, uh, identified flying objects, and I think the follow-up book to that, too. And the idea, even the, the more bizarre-looking ones like the uh, in- insectoids and the uh, uh, reptilians, you know, they still have a general kind of humanoid shape, you know, to them, as if they're, you know, there's some genetic manipulation going on. And, uh, I, I, you know, when I was in one of the early chapters in, in my book that I'm writing, the, uh, I talk about the impact that the uh, movie Planet of the Apes had on me when I was a kid in 1968, went to a drive-in theater. My sister took me and she took me to see a double feature at the drive-in. One was Planet of the Apes, first one. And then the second feature was the Raquel Welch movie. What was it? Ten thousand BC or whatever it was. Or, or Bar- I, w- I was, yeah, ten yeah, thousand BC.
2: She uh, and Barbarella was the other one. She made those two back to back.
3: And I, I could, I was too young to appreciate Raquel Welch, you know, at that time. But, <laughs> but I do. And I, my sister always laughed about that. But but the Planet of the Apes that left such an impression on me, and this idea that they crash landed and they didn't know they thought they were on another planet. And here they are, they find out they're on earth in the future and apes are now in charge, you know, this idea, but uh, you know, so that left an impression on me. And then in a comic book series that I read uh, by Jack Kirby called Commandy was also a, post-apocalyptic thing where all the animals had taken over, not just apes, but like tigers and, and, you know, lions and other animals had, had taken, they were the intelligent species, you know, the, the top species or whatever. So, you know, this idea that they're, You know that they have to look exactly like us. I don't think is is necessarily true, and that you know there could be genetic you know manipulation. And then we do know that you know there's a lot of people who talk about hybridization. You know these uh, alien human hybrids, and uh, you know there are plenty of people who've talked about those experiences in abduction experiences. You know where they've had uh, their genetic material taken from them, or and uh, you know so that. It's it it's all so fascinating, and it really points to the same thing that that we are all connected. You know that we are all connected, and that there's a point to this. And the the you know the point is that we have to we have to come together. They're obviously very interested in us and in this planet. There's something very special and unique about the Earth. Now, this other planet <clears throat> that you had mentioned that the the Webb Telescope is finding. I'm sure that is, I mean, that'd be fascinating to find out, you know, someday what's, what's going on there, but there is something very special about what we have here. So, um, and I, I, I don't, I don't think that, um, enough people appreciate how, you know, the, the stewardship that that's going to take, uh, and how we have to work together. I, I think of, um, you know, I, I'm I'm uh, my parents are Norwegian, right? So uh, I, I think of the explorer. You've heard of the Kontiki, you know, the Kontiki raft. Tor Heyerdahl he went across the South Pacific to 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 show that the ancient Peruvians had done that. You know, to populate the uh, the the Pacific, the South Pacific, on these balsa wood rafts. And uh, he went with different nationalities and on the on board the ship and he said what it proved was that they needed each other to survive and he said that's really in a microcosm what's going on in the entire earth that th- all these different religions and ethnicities and nationalities we all need each other to survive on the uh, uh, you know in this tumultuous world you know that the, they couldn't afford to be fighting on the high seas on this balsa wood raft but he said we're really just all on a raft just barely surviving and we we can't afford to be fighting each other and and maybe that's one of the lessons that we're finally going to learn as we become closer to who we really are and uh and i think part of who we are is et so I've come back to that. I keep coming back to the title of my book. I'm sorry,
2: but, that's, but that's, that's,
3: I'm caught up in it. <laughs> sorry. But here's where my mind is right now. But
2: <laughs> but here's where you're right. Okay? 137 light years away is close. Mm-hmm. And and this is why it, it matters, why it's a big deal. If something is uh, a million light years away, intelligent life, looking at our planet, and they're looking at us. What are they going to see, right? Well, they're going to see the Earth a million years ago. All right? Okay. And and I'm going to circle back to the dinosaurs in just a second. Something 137 light years away, they're looking at the Earth in 1900 that's a that's a that's a techno signature we've got pollution we've got the industrial revolution going on we've got marconi and 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 radio waves and tesla and antenna that's a that 137 light years away is close they're not looking at primitive Earth. They're looking at modern civilization here. And we are doing the same thing. We're looking at that planet as it as it gets to us 137 mm-hmm. years ago. All right? That's 137 light years. That is tremendously close. And the other yeah. reason why that is important is that anything that we have sent out, which is radio waves, television. Uh, Today, everything is digital and it's cables and and we're not sending out the, the radio waves that we used to. But we did. And so we should be expecting a response back anytime soon. And if you think, just think about it in those terms. We should not be surprised. We have sent the beacon out (laughs) Right for a long time, saying, but here we are, and this is where we are right now technically. We have electricity, we have radio, we have television, we are moving forward. And certainly uh, the atomic detonations went off, and I'm sure that they detected those two as well. And I'm not talking about one civilization. I'm talking about thousands and thousands of of exoplanets that are right here in our neighborhood. And we really need to stop and take notice of that. And here's the other thing. And Mm -hmm. I want your comment on this. You brought up insectoids and reptilians and, and, and so forth. If the asteroid doesn't hit the earth 65 million years ago technically humans don't happen the dinosaurs were the dominant species right yeah so do the dinosaurs evolve and build radio telescopes right And that's that's the part where when we talk about reptilians and and the Mm -hmm. idea behind that, if if we think about the significance of what I just said, that asteroid doesn't hit. E.T. is looking at this planet, and they're looking at dinosaurs. But over those 65 million years, no asteroid, what is here now? Do we have a technical does life evolve, right? Does it like it should on the rest of the and do we have reptilians running the planet? That's a very interesting question. Sure. And, and 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 that's why when people talk about reptilians, I don't dismiss it right away. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's fantasy. I, I, I really, I really don't. Uh-
3: I think, I think you bring up a good point, and it re- reminds me of a um, – I was listening to a podcast with a uh, – he was a German guy, and he was a, uh, a, he was a biologist. Uh, and he was talking about evolution, but he was talking about how it could possibly – couldn't account for all the mutations. It's too slow. That there had to have been some genetic manipulation – and then when we talk about what we're doing, and and I know you've heard about this, Jimmy, and many of your listeners probably have too, this CRISPR technology. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it it cracks me up, CRISPR. <laughs> but anyway, this CRISPR technology, where we can do this genetic gene splicing, right? And if this is going, if we can start doing this and creating these odd hybrid things. These advanced civilizations, which these ETs would more, more than likely most of them represent, that would have some contact with us, probably have wildly gone beyond just CRISPR to the crispiest technology, sure. you know. Deep, and, fried. And
2: deep fried. Deep fried.
3: Deep <laughs> fried. Exactly. And, and they, can, they can make anything. I mean, they can make any kind of thing, humanoid-looking reptilian thing, whatever, you know, insectoid, you know, whatever. And uh, so it just it just really made me think about how, and they could do it fairly quickly. Not just it wouldn't take millions of years to do this. <clears throat> if you can do this kind of genetic manipulation within a certain number of iterations, it wouldn't take that long to to make those those changes. So no, I think you're onto something there, Jimmy.
2: Well, and here's the that idea. And this is, I keep going back to science and anthropology and, and certainly we, we've come a long way in 300 years, Copernicus mm-hmm. and Galileo and Newton and, and where we are today. Yeah. But we're still pretty stupid, but the, the, uh, it, it and the big scale, but here's, here's where science is, is freaking me out. We... Homo sapiens sapiens have 46 chromosome pairs. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Primates have 48. There's a lot of genetic information in those two pairs. A lot, a lot. Why us? What makes us better than chimpanzees or apes, I, uh, spider monkeys? What, what What's the difference that we can't mate? The, the chromosome pairs don't, right? That, mm-hmm. that doesn't work. So there's no crossbreeding. There's nothing like that. And here we are with two less chromosome pairs. How did that happen and when? That's the part where when you bring up CRISPR, Mm-hmm. and and the possibility of that i just point to science right there and go look the evidence is right there explain to me how we lost chromosomes 3 and 4 which we did right mm-hmm. we lose those we go from 48 to 46 and and we become the dominant species we we evolved into storytelling and landing on the moon and, mm-hmm. and and wait 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 say, th- 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 i need help understanding that part unless something intelligent interfered and knew exactly yeah. what they were doing and that makes a yeah. lot of sense to me i think that in 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 the end i i don't know how far in the future i'm talking about but in the end it's people like you and myself and, and others that are going to be on the right side of history here. I, I don't think we're on the wrong side.
3: I, well, you're getting into something. I think the ter- the what they use, what they talk about there is intelligent design mm-hmm. rather than just the natural evolution, that there's got to be more to it than that. And And everybody agrees with this idea of the Big Bang. You know, I mean, that... Pretty much whether they're creationists or scientists or hardcore, whatever, you know, Uh, but intelligent design is the idea that there was a tampering or a manipulation, a gene splicing or a gene, a genetic manipulation, which I, you know, in my spirit communication with Anzar, that's, that's why he calls himself the progenitor. You know, that was part of what they did. You know, that's what he said they did. And uh and that's why we are who we are and that's they are that's why we're connected to them and that's it all makes sense to me. I mean now do I know exactly how it works or exactly when that happened or all that? No, I don't I don't know, you know, but I I, I it does make sense to me. And uh I uh you know and, and going back to this idea of, of hybridization or the integration of uh of you know, humans and and aliens and this idea that, you know, once again, I'm using the term alien, but, you know, this idea that we are a star family, you know, that this, this is a process that's, that's ongoing. And, uh, I, I know you've probably had people on your show talking about, um, you know, uh, alien hybrids and, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure you have, Mm uh, so, I mean, this is a topic that a lot of your listeners are are familiar with. So uh myself, I've I've never uh I've never talked about uh the, the yeah, you know, I've never talked about it publicly because it's a weird thing, Jimmy. And I I'll tell you what Gene tells me. Gene tells me whenever I'm afraid to talk about something, Gene says, Hey, listen, Bruce, he said you you've already had talked about so many unusual things. Why are you afraid to talk about this?
2: Yeah, pretty much you're yeah. out of the closet, Bruce. Pretty much.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, "I don't get it." You know, and so he's always trying to push me. You know? So, th- this idea that uh, it it uh, w- what happened was that I had this download. I had a, a lucid dream. It was a very powerful lucid dream vision, more than just a dream, you know. And uh, I was introduced to uh, uh, hi- alien hybrid. Children, And it was such a powerful vision. I mean, such a powerful vision. And, uh, you know, I can, I can describe it in great detail. In fact, I, I drew a picture of it when I, the next day I had an artist, a uh, professional artist do a rendition of it. Um, there were four of these little, you know, like toddler size, little smaller, uh, alien hybrids in this tank. There was like a, a jelly like coating over it, but they were in like a golden liquid. There was a light underneath it. And I was there looking at them and there were three what I would say tall grays there. And uh I was panicking. I was saying, I gotta they look like they're gasping for breath. I gotta get them out of there. They, they're they're drowning in there. And somehow I feel connected to them. And the these aliens are saying uh no you're not allowed to get them out of there i said how could you stop me from wanting to save these children they're obviously suffering and and uh so i'm i'm freaking out thinking that i'm supposed to uh you know cut them out of this what essentially the covering of it kind of is like a placenta or something i mean it has that kind of consistency to it and uh and you know the children are suffering and and the these I call them controllers. There's these three tall grays are saying, um, no, that no, you're not supposed to take them out of there. What you're supposed to do is teach them how to love, they don't know how to love. So I'm going, okay, but I need to get them out of there so they can breathe, and they're telling, and they're not letting me do it. They're physically, you know, I'm they're. To let you know, it's all telepathic, but it's also psychokinetic because they won't let me do what I want to do. And when I try to go and and they, I get far enough to where I can break their control and try to cut the 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 gelatinous material. But as soon as I cut it or try to cut it, it heals back up again, and they they're still in there. So there, it becomes clear to me now that these are these are my children. These are not some alien, somebody else's alien children. These are mine, and there's four of them, and one of them's a girl. You know, I have four children myself. I have, in this world, uh, three boys and a girl, and there's three boys and a girl in this uh, vision. And uh, ultimately, uh, long story short, I come to accept the fact that I have to just love them. That's what I'm supposed to do. Communicate with them and teach them how to love. And uh, so at that point, I give in to the three controllers and I just say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And at that point, they start to, the the children seem to uh, be doing better. They're like healing. Okay. Yeah. But in my dream, I'm I'm like I was like crying, and it was just very emotional, and um, and I it it affected me for two weeks. For two weeks, I was like traumatized by this, and uh, I uh, it it was, and so I had to go talk to um, my you know Yvonne Smith, right? So uh, the hypnotherapist. I had to go talk to her, and I said, I need to get more information. I need to. This is just so devastating to me. And I did get more information, and I got more details. And, and I asked her some questions, and I said, um, one question I had was, why don't I ever hear men talking about hybrid children? Whenever you hear somebody talk about it, it's always women saying, oh, I have a hybrid baby I was taken, and you know my baby was taken from me, and then I was suckling it or holding it or whatever. And you never hear men talking about it. And I said, how many men have had these experiences with hybrid children? And she told me, and this shocked me, Jimmy, she said, uh, about 50%. I was going to say, all
2: of of them, (laughs) right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. 50%, you
3: know, 50% women, 50% men. And then I said, okay, well, how many are willing to talk about it? And she said, oh, well, only about one-third will talk about it. So there's my reluctance, you know, because even the idea of when I would hear women, and this is where I feel really bad, Jimmy, I'd hear women, you know, I'm, here I'm talking about Anzar and talking about ETs and human integration with aliens and all that. And I would hear women talking about alien babies, and I'm thinking, oh, that that's just a bridge too far for me. I thought, okay, that's, that's where Gene shakes me, you know, and says, wait a second, you believe all these other things, why can't you believe this? It's all true, Bruce, come on now. Come on, you know stick with me here. <clears throat> and then I felt, I felt really bad after the stream that I had had that attitude. Not that I was going around making fun of them because God forbid I would do that. I didn't do that, but I just, you know, was reluctant to, you know, engage in that. And then, uh, when I had that experience, I realized, wow, okay, this, this is something. There is something to this. This is a real phenomena. And, um, and it, it was it was can extremely you, powerful. Can I can I ask yeah. you a
2: question? Do you yeah. do you think that it was a projection that you were being taught something, or do yes. you think that it was a real situation?
3: I think it was both. I think uh, I, I actually asked a, a friend of mine who's a uh, he's a scientist, and he's a, uh, I forgot his actual he's a biological anyway i don't know what he's a scientist right uh and i asked him about it and he uh said uh part of it has he said i i i believe that this is possible that there are you know uh, these hybrid type that there is this program going on with you know alien hybrid children or whatever but he said there's also the psychological aspect of it too the, the he calls it a psychodrama where the they set up these psychodramas where they want to see your response to these alien children to see if you can love them and if you can show them love. And if you can, they want to, they, but they want to put you in kind of this old Testament situation where they're, they obviously looks like they're dying, but you're not able to help them. And instead of cutting them out of this, you know, this tank where they seem to be, uh, drowning. Instead, you just love them, and that's how you save them. You have to trust these controllers that that's what it is. So you have to, in other words, it's kind of like the biblical story where you were, you know, he went up to the who was it, Abraham, or I think it was, I don't know. I'm not a biblical scholar, but you know, he was supposed to kill his son or whatever, and then he the God intervened and said no. You know, it's almost a biblical kind of thing. You know, it's a intervention in that way. It's like a psychodrama where you know they. It, it, you know, they, they're all fine. You know, they all turned out okay. But, uh, it was a test for me to see how I, how I would respond.
2: Well, that's because, and, that's because yeah. of our modern programming. We, yeah. we, we we, we think that we know too much. But yeah. I can tell you this if the same situation was going down 5000 years ago or 10000 years ago where we don't have the alien invasion movies you know that we've watched and something like that goes down it it it's an absolute nothing burger right mm-hmm. it's it would be nothing you, you don't have you're not predisposed to thinking strange thoughts aliens et off planet mm-hmm. hybrid program uh, genetic materials mm-hmm. being removed you know what mm-hmm. Barney Hill screaming during his regression and is there mm-hmm. no and, and none of that comes into play five thousand yeah. years ago right do you understand what I'm saying so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know today it freaks us out so sure right. sure I I would understand that approach. You have to have a softball pitch underarm thrown at you. It, it, it's got to be done that way. It can't mm-hmm. just come rushing at you because you you will freak out. Absolutely. I, I mean it's it's a it's a hard thing for people to wrap their heads around. But five thousand years ago, what what? It's I don't think anybody would. They, you know what I mean? That the, the yeah the way that they would relate to it would seem totally normal to them. Which is why, but you bring up a really good point, though, and that is this. 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, the talk of religion and gods and angels Moses and burning bushes and things in the sky, guiding people through the desert. And uh, that was all OK to talk about. No, it was fine. And nobody had issues with that. Right, But but today uh, we can't talk about E.T. or ghost or the paranormal, you know that. No, no. But it's it's all the same. So they dealt right. with it differently thousands of years ago. Think about how the Egyptians dealt with death and and the mm-hmm. afterlife and and the way that they approach things and uh, but other cultures too. It wasn't just the Egyptians. Yeah. But but you can't do that today. You can't.
3: Yeah. Well, it's it's you know part of the thing of of going back to ancient people and learning from them you know relearning what we knew before what our ancestors knew and combining that with what we know today as we head into this technological singularity you know i think that's the holistic approach that we need to take to to survive and uh, we we can't ignore what we what we knew before you know this 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 connection that we had i mean they you know they might have called it other things you know a burning bush rather than a uh a craft, you know, or whatever. But, you know, I think, yeah, it, it is, it is the same thing,
2: you know? What, um, <coughs> can you, as, as we close, and I want to thank you for, mm-hmm. uh, for this conversation tonight, but mm-hmm. for those that haven't heard us uh, talk before, Um, Mm -hmm. and, and your, your links for your books and everything else are below and, and Mm -hmm. everybody can go and check those out. But who is Anzar and how did you guys get introduced?
3: Yeah. Anzar is a, uh, he, uh, he's been with me since I was, since I've been around, he's intervened in my life several times, uh, he really became introduced himself uh, in 1997 as Ansar the, the progenitor, which means the one who started everything, the one that created everything. And uh, since that time, I have uh, tried to, you know, express it to other people this, this special connection I have. But I was kind of shut down, my colleagues, and so so forth. So it wasn't until 2016 when my friend Gene died and had a vision. I started writing my stories that I started talking about him and connecting with him in spirit walks or meditative walks. So Anzar is a, you know, he, he says he's the progenitor. That's the name he, he gave me other than the progenitor. That's why my, my book was called Anzar the Progenitor. Uh, he, he has called himself an ancient alien mystic, uh, but he's also part of him is part of me you know, that we are connected, we are star family. So the more I learn about him, the more I learn that uh, he's part of me and I'm part of him. So that's basically who he is. That's who I get most of my downloads and information from when I go on these uh, spirit walks. And, uh, you know, a lot of my friends at Ciro, which is the the Close Encounter resource organization, I share <clears throat> those spirit walks. Uh, spirit walks with them and Anzar they're very familiar with anzar, and at first, a lot of them were kind of uh <clears throat> well who is this anzar character and after a while they after a couple of uh i'm not going to say uh predictions because he says predictions you know don't always come true but said you know there's there's the difference between prophecy and predictions you know prophecy is where you use the uh the present and the past to kind of uh kind of see where the direction of things are going, you know, the variables and everything. That's kind of, you know, a lot of those things came true. And they started to say, oh, okay, yeah, this ends our guys making sense. And then my friend Lucy actually saw him at, an, at a Ciro meeting. And uh, we had a, synchro- a pretty strong synchronicity, very, you know, almost as strong as, well, as strong as the one we had before the show and uh in with Anzar. And so anyway, that's who Anzar is. Uh, I continually talk to him uh, every time I take a spirit walk. So and he's the uh, he figures prominently in this latest book that'll be coming out here in a couple months.
2: Well, that was my next question. When is the book release? Uh it'll be probably uh
3: I have a good working draft now. I'm just editing it. So I'm thinking in about two to three months, somewhere around there. That's a conservative estimate. It might be less than that, but yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. And uh, I can't wait a to read it, but B Mm -hmm. uh, to, to get you back on the show and talk about it. Um, Yeah. And, and so get it done. And Mm -hmm. I cannot wait. Uh, Just give me a call next week. Um, after uh, you speak i'll just say his first name lee and that mm-hmm. is going to be uh i know that'll be fun <laughs> that the look on his face i mean it's good uh, i'm just telling you it's going to be uh it's going to be very interesting but bruce thank you Hilarious. so much uh good luck to you and thank you jimmy and, and, and enjoy your weekend go finish the book and i'll look yep. forward to our next I conversation will.
3: take care my friend
2: Dr. Bruce Solheim. That was a perfect show. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody. I am literally heading to the Conscious Life Expo. I will see all of you this weekend. Uh, I'll be posting pictures. Social media is going to be happening. I'll do some live streaming. um, And I'll see everybody at the conference uh, tomorrow. If you're there tonight. I'll see you tonight. I am on my way and hitting the road. The information, the website, tickets, and everything else for the Conscious Life Expo, the links are below. And uh, I'll see you this weekend at the LAX Hilton right here in Los Angeles, California. It is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. PostCon is Monday. Thank you, Bruce. Perfect night on the show. Fade to Black is produced by Hilton J. Palm, Renee Newman, and Michelle Freed. Thank you, Bill. Busy night. Thank you, John Aside. Even busier. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Kevin. Webmaster is Drew the Geek. Music, Doug Aldrich. Intro, Space Boys, SpaceBoyMusic.com. Fade to Black is produced by KJCR for the Game Changer Network, and this broadcast is owned and copyrighted 2024 by Fade to Black and the Game Changer Network, Inc. It cannot be rebroadcast, downloaded, copied, or used anywhere in the known universe without written permission from Fade to Black for the Game Changer Network. I'm your host, Jimmy Church. Everybody have a great, safe, fun, and amazing weekend. You know I am, and I'll see you right back here on Monday. Until then, go back, Lee Taffy.